listening thank you it's been a minute it's been a minute it's been a minute it's been a minute we apologize for that and we'll get into all of why of that in just a moment but first you are listening to the finally coming out podcast where we i think still should be changing the name to two gay moms and a beautiful shit show and we will we will i think that's a new year thing maybe that's a new year thing. we'll surprise you (laughs) except we're telling them yeah but we'll surprise you when Totally. Yeah. Totally. And who's going to surprise them? I'm sitting here with the lovely Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with my beautiful fiance, Melody Routley. Yeah. So we will surprise them with something that we've told them we're going to do. Exactly. So stay tuned. Totally. So I think it's uh, been more than a month since we've uh, released a new episode, Mm -hmm. recorded a new episode. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that, because if you followed the last two, um, you would know that the beautiful shit show was a shit show and, um, we were dealing with a ton of stuff mm-hmm. and we last left off. Well, how are you today, babe? I'm doing good. I am back from She's a... just about to put on her chapstick I... that she is addicted to. I'm okay, addicted babe, to chapstick. Yeah. You can have your chapstick. I just got back from a week in Seattle. Yes. Uh, hanging out with some wonderful people that I produced podcasts for. And yeah, it was, I, I feel like it's part of self-care because when we met, obviously I was traveling. Going away, leaving is leaving. part of self-care. <laughs> it, it is. And you know, I'm, I'm sharing this because I think it's important that people stick to what works for them in terms of self-care. Right. And sometimes as we'll get into with, as we get into what has gone on in the last couple months now is that I have definitely had to prioritize my self care because I have my recovery to think about. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to lie. This last couple months is probably the closest I've been to, you know, I haven't wanted a drink because I know what that will do to me, but the stress, if I didn't have the foundation I had Mm -hmm. and I didn't have the support from the beautiful Melody Routley Mm -hmm. that I have and the ability to communicate how I'm feeling, I probably would have been drunk. And for me, traveling is one of those self-care things, you know, I, and partially because I never liked being alone Mm -hmm. and I learned how to love myself with being alone. And so sometimes that just lets me recharge and, now I'm back, and it was so nice just hanging with you last night. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, yeah, self-care is really, really important, and people would always tell me that, and for, like, I would often just think it was complete BS, because mm-hmm. how, as a single parent with three kids with needs, are you supposed to do self-care? You do have to get very creative with that. Totally. Um, Lego is one of the ways we do self-care. It is. But I'll get into that after. Okay, yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, so where we left you last was when, um, the ministry had really, 
uh, worked against us and our daughter Linnea, and they took away my rights to her. Mm-hmm. She, we were signing her into a voluntary care agreement, and to get her help. Um, because everything we had been told was that was what we had to do. Yeah. Um, medical professionals even saying to us that if she was a foster kid, she would get help faster. Our pediatrician had said, do not take her home from the hospital or they will not help her. Um, and so that was what we were aiming to do. Um, but then they really like manipulated and blindsided us into, within a couple of hours going from a VCA, a voluntary care agreement, where I would still have my parental rights, to having a a full apprehension protection case where my rights were taken away and I wasn't even allowed to know where she was. And I would just like to add, you know, I know what gaslighting is from a previous relationship I was in, but never have I seen a so-called professional entity gaslight a mother like I did in this whole last couple months. Like it is almost mind blowing because there's so many people who struggle with this and you almost have to prove you're a good mom. It's not enough that you raised three girls, two of them graduated. It was crazy. Totally. And even with, um, the school, um, because I also work at the same school. So I do have a different relationship with Linnea's school team. Um, but their advocacy for me, even like they were, they were just gaslighting. The ministry was gaslighting me and the school and, um, yeah, it was pretty awful. Yeah. It, It does make you like question everything you've done as a parent. Um, and I mean, we've got other stuff going on too with like one of the teenagers, one of the twins is in, she is in a VCA agreement. Um, and so then them using some of that against us, even though that was for her protection from herself. Um, yeah, it was pretty awful. So that's where we left you last. We didn't know what was happening. We just knew that our, uh, my rights were taken away. I wasn't allowed to know where she was. I was not allowed to talk to the psychiatrist or the behavior consultant or anyone that was actually supposed to be in place to help Linnea get healthy. Yeah. And help us strategize how to help her. Yeah. Um, the day after we recorded, um, we were able to have, um, a supervised visit at the ministry with Linnea. Uh, and that really only happened because our school principal had really told them off because they weren't planning on letting us see her until the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, because this was not a matter of protection from us, but it was very much being treated that way. Yeah. Um, in the following week, we got the presentation document from the ministry, which is the document that they would be then sending to court. Um, and it was loaded with lies and very important details that were left out. Yeah. Um, and they yeah. also threw in stuff about Julia. Yeah. They started it talking about how I refused to parent her. Yeah. And which was not the case. Um and anybody listening who knows Julia is probably laughing right now and thinking, yeah, no. Yeah, no. And it was, that was for her, that was for Julia's protection, but also for Linnea's because totally. the behavior Julia was having was very triggering. Absolutely. Um, and um, she was refusing to come home. So the only option I really had, given that she's 18 years old, was, well, get her 
uh, a home that she could go would go to. Yeah, and you're still advocating for her. I, I'm still advocating for her. Yeah. It um, but of course, yeah. The document, the document. The document was sick. Like it, it was sick. It started talking about how I refused to care for her, and then went on to details about refusing services from the ministry, which was absolutely not true. Um, there were so many promises of support from the ministry prior her to going into care, Linnea going into care, and none of those services had panned out. Mm -hmm. And they um, still haven't, by the way. We've got a couple. We've got a clinician. Yeah. We have a we have a clinician and we have a behavior consultant and we're working on her getting her full assessment, but um in and those were kind of all things that were in the works. But what happened was that they were just set to be starting when she went into care, yeah. and because my role was erased from the picture, I wasn't able to communicate with those people, and I'm the only one that knows Linnea as much as anyone, like more than like the most, and. Um, then by not, me not being able to communicate with them delayed all of that. And because she was in a foster home, albeit an amazing home, yeah, we're extremely grateful for the, uh, foster parents She's that amazing. we ended up being with. We're very grateful for them. Um, and hopefully are establishing a longer term relationship with them, um, as friends, um, Linnea couldn't, her behavior couldn't really be observed because she was in a very different environment. She was not allowed to go to school. Um, there were multiple la layers that then those supports that we w were getting in place couldn't really even do anything while she was in care. No. She, a month went by of um, Linnea not being allowed to go to school. Um, she has a behavior safety plan. Uh, at school, which is super necessary. Yeah. And uh, the ministry would not sign off on it. Mm -hmm. I had signed off on it beforehand, but now that my rights were taken away, the social worker was the legal guardian and they would not sign off on it. And so, and what it was, the part that they wouldn't sign off on was that if she would like, were, Linnea were to like run away into the forest at the school or run away, period. Um, or if she started like chucking things across the classroom, um, they would then um, safely transport her, generally walk her with one person on each side with it that are NVCI, nonviolent crisis intervention trained, um, trained to be working with Linnea, super tight protocols need to be followed, but they would then transport her to the safe room at school. The ministry would not allow that to happen because it's considered a restraint and they claimed, and this is mind blowing to me, working in education and how common this can actually be, mm -hmm. they claimed that they didn't know any kids in schools were being restrained or transported. And um, they had said to me, why don't you just try and get in front of the problem before that you have to do that? And it's like, <laughs> oh, I thank you so much for that. Babe, why have we not just tried to get in front of the problem? I know. I don't know. As soon we can just we should be able to feel that. And oh. you know, to to your parents listening out that listening out there, just imagine for a sec that your child had some severe mental health issues, and maybe some of you do, and your child was a runner. They got violent, um, not only with their teachers, but potentially other students. They could ruin their social lives. And what if everybody just said, Okay, if they run away, let them run away. 
What if they ran across the street because they're not in their right mind and they got hit by a car? You scoop Who... up that child. Exactly. Who is responsible? I'm sure when you drop your children off at school, you're trusting in the staff, the EA that is with your child, mm -hmm. the teachers that are there, that your child is protected. Yeah. Right? But it felt very like it was our problem and totally. we were making all these things up. And I think that was something that infuriated me the most was every single person that's been advocating for Linnea that has known her for any length of time can see how severe this behavior is getting. Yeah. All these people who are new and seeing her with the other foster family she was with, she was getting taken on chores all day. She was getting taken to the park. She didn't have to go to the, to school. There yeah, was like, no actual demands on yeah. her at that time. Yeah. Of course she's going to be. She, yeah. And and the thing that she just fixated on was the fact that she wanted to come home. And yep. it was like, okay, of course she wants to come home. She's seven. Her home is a good place. Yep. It, this was not a normal protection kind of case. And of course she wanted to come home. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the ministry would not sign off on the safety plan. Now, also... These safety plans do not come about lightly. They, I think at that point, Linnea's was in its 11th um, revision since kindergarten. Um, they need to be signed off at the district level. Like You cannot just say, oh, this kid is difficult. We're going to transport them, restrain them if they're having behavior. It does not work like that. There has to be a lot of layers um, for these things. It is a last resort. And to give you an idea, I mean, Linnea's EA has had bruises, oh, yeah. scratches, cuts on her because of the violence. Yeah. And Linnea is not in control of that. She no. doesn't even remember half the time what she's done. Yeah. Yeah. So they would not sign off on that. So she did not come to school for over a month. And um, the school even revised the plan be to one that was like, okay, well, if we're not going to be able to do that, then you need to have someone come and sit in the parking lot while she's at school. And if something happens, then they need to deal with it. Now, we know and the school knows that's a completely ridiculous plan, because even if that were to happen, that person coming into the school would need to transport Linnea. Yeah, and they'd have to get her in the car. And there would need to be two people because <laughs> you would need somebody to restrain her in the car. Yep. While somebody drives. She's jumped out of your car. She has jumped out of the car before Walter. We're painting a really awful picture of Linnea here. And I'd say... She can't help this. She can't help it. She, her, it's like her processor goes down. She becomes unplugged. Um, disassociates. Yeah. Um, now, 95% of the time, that's not the case. She's super sweet and happy. But when that happens, it's, it is like all hands on deck. Yeah. So, um, the ministry refused Linnea's right to education. Mm -hmm. And I cannot say that enough. I fought that so many times with them. They refused her right to a safe education. So she didn't go to school until November. Yeah, almost two months. She went the first week of school in September. She was in the hospital for two weeks. And then the rest of the time, she did not go to school. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. The reality is she's probably going to have to do the year again. She might end up having to do the year again. Yeah. Um, just because they refused to acknowledge the fact that that is necessary for Linnea. And here's the other thing. 
they were so convinced that what we were saying was not right and she was fine that they were actually thinking about not only changing the home she was in, but also changing the school. Yeah, they're so oblivious. Now, could you imagine a child with these kind of mental health things going to not only a new home, new people she has to get to know, but going to a new school? Like, you could hardly get her through summer school this year, and she went for a week and a half. Now, what about the teachers and the kids at that new school Linnea, we, we know it's a fact she would not have done well. No. And working in education, I'm like, oh my gosh, if like, she is known as one of the most complex cases in the Burnaby School District. Yes. And if she were to go to a new, like in, come into our school, new school, nobody really knows her, it would be a nightmare and it would be so dangerous and so much more traumatizing to her. So, okay, before we get into the new okay. school, a new home. Yeah. So the home she was in was an emergency placement home. It's supposed to be two weeks days um, at the most, but because of her needs and the foster parent advocating to keep her, because she could see moving her would have been worse for her. Yeah. She advocated to keep her um, for as long as she needed to. Um, We went uh, about a month in, we went to a meeting with the ministry and said, we want her to come home. Nothing good is happening for her right now. It's setting, like, it's making things worse. Like, the resources that we are asking for are not getting in place. The ones that we have, we can't really even use. The BI and uh, uh, clinician, they can't actually do anything. Her getting everything ready for her P1 assessment can't actually all happen because we can't communicate. Mm-hmm. So we had said this, and we had, and they were very much like, nope. Uh, we're going to, she's going to be in care for at least the next two months and we need to see you have X, Y, and Z in place before she can come home and you can prove that you're going to take care of her. We don't want you end up taking her to the hospital again. And it's like very much treating it like we don't want you to take her to the hospital again because you don't want her. That's how it was treated. Not because she has mental illness and we need help. Yeah. Um, so they were quite adamant. Nope, that wasn't going to happen. She was going to be in care for another two months. That also meant moving on to another foster home and school. And I want to note that when we had gotten medication for her, right, and they keep saying it's not medication, we we know that, right? We know that she needs to be diagnosed, so we know what we're working with. But they also, when she was in care, allowed the um, foster parent to give her PR, PRNs all day, which yeah. is basically... it kind of a sedative, but it's more for to calm the brain, yeah. right? Like, and we were basically told, well, you take that as needed. Mm-hmm. Get in front of the behavior. Well, we all know when she starts, she'll just spit it out. She'll throw yeah. it. She won't take it. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah. So pre- in the summertime, we were, we had the PRNs, but we were told to give it to her when you can see she's escalating or if maybe it's going to be a more difficult day. Um, that's what we were told. But when she was released from the hospital into the emergency placement home, the psychiatrist had said, you can give her this much every four hours. Not even if you see there's going to be an escalation. So she was getting it regularly, which was helping her cope a lot. That made a huge difference. So when we were at the ministry saying we want her to come home, we can do the same thing that the group, the foster home is doing. We can give her the medication the same way. We didn't have that option before. They were still like, no. So that was devastating um, for quite a while. It was 
so hard because also at the same time, every day when I was, and we had developed this relationship with the foster parent. Yeah. And uh, we were having FaceTimes every day with Linnea and um, taking her out for visits, uh, pumpkin patch, all that kind of stuff. Um, we even went to their house for a Halloween party. But every day it was, mom, when can I come home? Mm-hmm. and I want to come home. When can I come home? And we was we were always saying to her, we're working on it. You know, everybody's doing their part and that kind of thing. And then eventually she's just not believing it because she's not coming home and she was working really hard. Yeah. And then it came to a point um, two weeks ago mm-hmm. where um, on the Monday, the ministry, that was when they were like, no, we're going to, we're looking for a new home and we're looking for a new school. She will not be coming home for at least two months. That was like the hard line on Monday. Now, just to back up, you had decided that you were going to get a lawyer. So you got a lawyer yes, and you were going to fight this. So we basically, yes. we had two options. We could either let them do the interim agreement or you could fight this. And yes. you had decided I'm going to fight yes. this. But and the ministry waiting. didn't know yet. Exactly. We were waiting for our next So Monday. we had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week. Wednesday was going to be, was court day yeah. where we would contest the agreement. Yeah. So now back to Monday. Okay. So back to Monday. So they're like, no, she's not going home. They were still planning on doing the interim agreement for two months. They were going to move her foster home. They were going to move her school. All of that. Yeah. There was a boy, a 12 year old boy placed at the same foster home as Linnea, who I actually used to be as EA. Um, he is a sweet kid, but he's been dealt a really crappy deck of cards in his life and very much kind of lives the thug life. Lots of very risky behavior. And every day he was running away from the foster home. The police were having to go look for him and everything. Linnea knows him, um, because he was at the same school as her. And, um, his biological mother also lives in our complex. Mm -hmm. So he knows where we live. He climbed out of his window and, uh, Linnea saw he was climbing out of his window and running away. So she grabbed a bag. She desperately wanted to come home and she ran away with him. So then we have a seven-year-old little girl in her pajamas with her little bag with a Nightmare Before Christmas blanket in it. <laughs> I don't even know what else was in there. Um, with a 12-year-old boy in a full-on scream cloaked costume, ghost face mask. Um, and they were missing for two hours. Police were looking for them. And I, you can picture so many things that could have happened. They took three buses. I couldn't even take three buses from where they were. It's true. I would get lost. It's true. They took three buses together. I can only imagine her talking his ear off the whole time. Um, got back close to our, into our neighborhood and then got off the bus and went their separate ways. Linnea walked the rest of the way home and knocked on the door and was like, hi, I'm home. She walked upstairs very confident. I was actually on the phone and I looked outside and thought, oh my gosh, here comes Linnea. And she came walking upstairs, pet the dogs, put her bag down. And she said, I just took three buses to get here. And I said, oh, you did? And I said, did you tell your foster parent? And she said, nope. And very confident. Like she was very like, I'm home now. I wanted to come home and I'm here. And she was very happy. There wasn't like a defiant no. anything like that. She was just very happy. She got herself home. Yeah. Um. Now, yeah. the ministry didn't call you until an hour yes. after she, was she missing had for gone an hour. missing. Like, wouldn't you think, 
I'm going to call the parent and see if there's places that you know your child would go. Yeah. Also, so that like three buses, it's a 20, 25 minute drive. So <laughs> she wasn't that close to home. No. Like it took three buses to get here. Yeah. Um, so very, very scary. Yes. Um, I told off the 12 year old <laughs> when I saw him eventually. Um, but yeah, so that happened on the Monday. We talked to Linnea and we said like, that was so scary. You can't like, you can't do that. You, you know, I know you really want to come home, but this is not the right way to do it. And we had said to her that she was going to have to go back to the foster home and she was kind of like, okay. And she did break down and cry because she was so sad. She just wants to be home. Yeah. But then she it, like accepted she was going to have to go back. Um, the ministry, we had contacted them and said, she's here. And um, the like they were so like, it's not your day to have her. She can't stay there. And I'm like, obviously. But they were like treating me like I almost like I made that happen. Yeah. That she came home. And it's like. No, <laughs> no. And ter that was terrifying. And obviously she can't climb out of the window and run away and think that then she just gets to be at home. Yeah. So. And I was there. I heard this whole conversation yeah, was, and the way they were talking to you was crazy. It They were talking, they were just awful. And so I, but I said to them, I'm like, but she needs to know that she is being heard. She wants to come home. This is where she belongs. So. And they're like, well, well, we can talk about that tomorrow. And so, and the, the police ended up coming um, and she had to go back with them. And one of the officers mm -hmm. that told me this after was here the day that she decided to, you know, assault three of them. Yeah. Yeah. So and she, she had say? seen her before when she was in full rage and she, that, that day when she had come home, she she's like she's like a different kid i'm like i know and so i had said to her before i told linnea that that she was gonna have to leave with the police officers i had said i don't i don't know how this is gonna go it could go either way and she's like i know we're prepared and i told linnea and she was like okay and it was and i said and i had said to her i said now it's really important that that you're working on your behavior because tomorrow is halloween and they are not going to let you come trick-or-treating with us if you're ha you have behavior. Yeah. So you, you got to pay attention to that. And she was like, okay. And so she grabbed her stuff and hopped in the cop's car and went back. Yeah. And she was then like, okay. But it was like the seven-year-old ran away with a 12-year-old because she desperately wanted to come home. Yeah. And they were still not really listening. Mm -hmm. Except then on Tuesday... Um, the social worker did go and visit with her. Oh, she had also that weekend made a video for her social worker to tell him that she was ready to come home. Yeah. Um, so they had gotten that video and then, um, yeah. So then she, they, they had gone to visit with her and talked with her, took her French fries. We went to pick up um, Linnea to bring her home to go trick-or-treating. The social worker did text you, though, that day and asked you what you would like to see tomorrow yes. happen at they court, had which asked strange. Me, they had asked me what my goals were at court, yes. what I was going to do, and well, I didn't, didn't answer. I didn't answer it because it, I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say to them that we're contesting it. Yeah. Um, 
and that they're screwed or what. Um, but yeah, so then we got Linnea here, we were getting ready and then the ministry called and they just said, so at court tomorrow, we're going to ask that she be returned home just under like supervision. There's like agreements that we had to make to, for that to happen, like that we would keep giving her meds and work with the behavior consultant and that kind of thing, which was all like, obviously, <laughs> um, but they were going to send her home. And so they went from one day where they were not going to send her home. They were going to give her, get, send her to a new foster home farther away to a different school, all this stuff to she jumped out of the window, put them at major liability, and then they were going to just send her home. Yeah. So then on Wednesday morning after court, it took five minutes. And then in that afternoon, she came home. It was crazy. The shift in the conversations were very blaming, very, you need to get in front of the behavior. We still think she's at risk to come home to, we're going to send her home. Yeah. And I really think that her running away that Monday, they knew they were in trouble. They knew they were in trouble. I mean, you know, they what, all... did, what did something happen to her? Well, and they were stopping her from being able to come home to a safe home. And the reality is, had she been at school that day, that, that would not have happened. Would not have happened. Yeah. And I was also throwing at them the, the the statement of, you are taking away her right. You're taking away the rights of an Indigenous kid with special needs who's in foster care the right to a safe education. And I kept throwing them at that at them because that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. And they let her come home. Yeah. And when they did, they didn't even say why. No. I didn't really ask why either. I was kind of in shock and just so happy that she was going to come home. Yeah. Scared, but happy that she was going to come home that I didn't really even ask them right away. And um, next thing you know, she's she's she was home. Yeah. Which is beautiful. And she was home for like a week before she came home on a Wednesday. And then I think the next Monday was a stat. Yeah. So we've had so many stats and prodies and everything lately. Um. And then she was able to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was great. She did really, really well. Um, we did notice that she is incredibly fixated on things. Yeah. Um, it's like her her motor is kind of going all the time. Um, but yeah. She went to school for a few days uh, was not ready to be in the classroom, found that very overwhelming, especially everybody's like, Linnea, you're back. And where have you been? And like all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then Friday morning, mm-hmm. a week ago, she woke up super fixated on getting a pet snake. <laughs> now she's asked me for a pet snake before, but not fixated on it. No. And she was like, I want a pet snake. I'm not going to go to school. I want a pet snake. Mm-hmm. We're going to go get a pet snake. And she was like rolling around the floor. I'm not going to school. And I was able to kind of distract her a bit. And I ended up like I texted our principal to say like, heads up. It's a bit of a rough morning. I'm not sure how long it will take for me to be able to get her in. And I said, she's really fit, fixated on wanting a pet snake. And I had misread the response I got, but I thought that it said that she, the principal, actually had a pet snake. So I told Linnea that, and then she was like, oh, and that was kind of enough to 
get change her, her mindset and get her to school. Now, to back up, Linnea has always picked little things in the past that she would become fixated in, but never to this severity and never as rapid as it's been lately. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, like it was uh, a snake, then it was fish, and it's gone back and forth. And she was, I remember first coming into the family, and she could entertain herself for hours. And now she doesn't have the ability, like yeah. with ADHD. And I think this is a good, you know, verification almost that she doesn't have ADHD is you should be able to put a screen or something in front of them, and they just hyper-focus on it. She, she can't do any of that anymore. No. Nothing. No. Like, it's like... It's like you can see her anxiety buzzing. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's not like the driven by a motor um, hyperactive. Yeah. It's her anxiety is buzzing and it's what's next. Yeah. Um, she doesn't know what to do with herself. She doesn't know what to do with herself. Yeah. Um, but so that Friday morning, she wanted a snake. We got her to school. Uh, her EA was amazing and they went around the school and took surveys to see who had pet snakes and all she, Linnea could think about was a snake and how after school she was going to be going to get a snake and something switched and she decided she wasn't going to take her meds at lunch and ran and smashed a glass window. Uh, one of those ones with the wires in them mm -hmm. and, um, had to be transported and raged for, uh, two, three hours. And at that point we were, we didn't know, we were thinking like, are we going to have to call the police because she wasn't coming down. She had punched multiple holes in the drywalling. Her wrists were all bruised. Like it was getting really bad. And so we, um, I was a mess. <laughs> um, our Linnea's EA, who has also become a good friend, it like called Tamar and your thoughts. Yeah, she said, uh, you need to come get Melody. I have never seen her this bad before. Now, I know that Melody compartmentalizes or has for a long time. To me, you don't do that anymore. Yeah. You, you know, let it out. And we joke around sometimes how I make you cry every day. Not bad reasons. Um, but when Cindy said that, like, I've never seen her that bad, I had thought actually that during this period that maybe you had shown some emotion. I didn't realize none, <laughs> which I, like, I can't even imagine that because I've been incredibly emotional. But yeah, she was, there was a sense of urgency. And of course I started tearing up because I was worried about you. I mean, yeah. I have been suggesting counseling, which we're going to be going to. And because you have to, you know, the airlines got it right. Put your own mask on and then put your child's on. Yeah. And so I went to the school and I went and spent some time with you. Yeah. And, and I normally can compartmentalize at school the behavior, but, um, I became so terrified that they were going to take her away from us again. Yeah. And, um, because we couldn't get in front of the behavior because we couldn't bring her down from it. And if she went to the hospital again, what, like, was the ministry going to decide? And, and the school had recommended, like, we, you need to let the not, you need to let them take her to the hospital. Yeah. It's a terrifying thought. But the school all at the same time was also really trying for that to not be what had they to happen. They were so good. They were so good. And they were trying everything. And eventually she did, just before the bell, she calmed down and... Um, we had to talk her through with the team of us there, how we were not going to be going to get a snake. 
and then and had to talk about other stuff we were going to do instead. So with her and the team, we'd come up with a plan what we were going to be doing at home, um, which was not including going and getting a snake. And which how cool is that? I just want to give a shout out to the school. Uh, yeah. They've been amazing. Yeah. But for them, and I remember when I was in the room just before I had left, um, what one of them had come in and said, listen, you know, what do you want to do? She's starting to come down. She's still got a little bit of that look in her eyes. Like she knows, right? Mm-hmm. Linnea really well. How about we go and we share the news that if she gets escalated, she is in a safe environment. Yeah. Like how cool is that? Yeah. They were like, they, they care for us so much and they they're doing so much to try and make sure that Linnea is supported in the best way she can be. And they absolutely believe that is at home. And if, and Yep. Yeah, so we were able to get her home. Um and we Linnea and I watched movies in bed and I don't even remember there was oh we were online shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Not shop window window is it still window browsing if you're online shopping? Well, you're in your browser. So your browser shopping has windows. Yeah. Okay, totally. sure. Yeah. So um because Linnea in all of this, Linnea has also become very um, fixated on Christmas and the Amazon wish book or whatever came mm-hmm. out. So she has been picking the things that she wants. Yeah. Um, now then Saturday morning, she was, became adamant. She was going to go for a walk, walk to the pet store and buy a snake. None of which is really possible for her, but she was, that's what she was going to do. And I said to her, Linnea, we can't do that today. She got really sad, went up to her room, was crying, and then went into a full blow up again. Yeah. And where she she has just like had this water, four foot tall water light tube thing that Sensory she light. Yeah, that she smashed, which sucks because she loved it and it was awesome and expensive. <laughs> um, but she smashed it and made her room smell like mold. And she was chucking everything. And at one point she's like, well, I'm going to kill myself and I'm going to jump out my window. And I had just kind of like grabbed her in time before she jumped out of her window. And then we ended up taking her back to the hospital again. Yeah. Now I will say that hospital visit was better. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to go into seclusion. We did have to transport her in, but she didn't have to go into seclusion. She was more regulated through it. Um, And... They, I feel like they listened yeah. to me, to what was happening. And you might be wondering, you know, well, why, if she calmed down, would you take her to the hospital? She was still escalated when you had decided we're going to go to the yes. hospital. She had kind of fallen asleep a little bit in the car, but in a case of mental health, the only way you're going to get help is if this continues to happen Yeah, and the psychiatrist can see Okay. You know, because this was serious. This was probably, I have never, ever heard her say, I'm going to kill myself. She tried to jump out the window. If it wasn't for you, she would have. Mm -hmm. So these are not things you just leave because had you done this after the fact and told them, it would have been a different story. Then I would have been slapped. Exactly. Well, and like she did start to fall asleep in the car, but she fell asleep with me restraining her. Yes. Which was also something she likes the compression. Yeah. So she will fight it at first when you're restraining her, but then she likes the compression and that kind of brought her down. Yeah. Now, when we got out of the car to go into the hospital, she was fighting back again, but she was also much more verbal than she normally is about what she wanted. And I mean, legitimately, she was scared she was going somewhere else again yeah. and all of that. And... 
but she did much better. We, I felt like they listened to me a lot better. We tweaked some of her meds or increased some of her meds, got better guidance of what we can do with the meds. And, um, she's really since then been doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had one hiccup last night, but it was fairly minor and, uh, she's been doing pretty good. Now, unfortunately, this week she hasn't gone to school because the safe room needs renovations now and should be going back on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of our story. That's that's the hell we've been going through with one kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, you know, all this stuff that's slowly been happening, that's just more into getting her into P1. Yeah. It's going to give her the help she needs. And you got confirmation on Thursday. She's yep. been approved. She's been approved. We'll find out more in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. And, you know, all this stuff is just adding to her getting the help she needs. Yeah. And, you know, it's better to get this addressed now oh than let it get carried away and her end up back in the system or her end up being alienated from school. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. You can see why kids get in so much trouble. And at the age of, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, they start turning to drugs. They yeah. do things to self-medicate yeah. because they're not getting the care that they need. Well, and the ministry keeps, like they've said to us in the last meeting, the meeting that we had where we asked for her to come home, um, had said, like, you keep treating this like it's a Linnea problem. Well, you need to, like, be looking at the home and and other things that need changes. And we're like, what the crap? Like, okay, this is stemming from Linnea's behavior diagnosis, mental health condition, whatever we're going to call it. We need that identified, treated with medication, proper medication if possible, but we need it identified so we can understand where the behaviors are coming from so we can understand how to approach it. So that yes, we can change the home environment or thing or the school environment and things like that based on where this stuff is coming from. Well, and add in there, I mean in you know, look at the home Look what you had to do in the summer with Julia. I mean, things were really awful for probably a good four-month period with her. And once she was out of school, who knows what have happened. And things started to get really bad. And we knew that was affecting Linnea. Yeah. Like, you had to make an incredibly different, difficult decision to improve how things were in the home so that you could help both of them. Yeah. Like, and they're saying that you need to look at the home? Like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. And then throwing Julia back in your face. Yeah, totally. Because Julia is telling them you're a terrible mom and you're controlling. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to add that. Yeah. So, (laughs) happy mental health. Right. Um... Yeah, so all of you that have been, oh my gosh, this is a long podcast. (laughs) Um, We brought you up to speed. Yeah. Um, Yeah, thank you. I mean, I've had so many people, like, ask me for updates um, tell me that they're praying for us, for our little girl, if they can help in any way. Thank you. That does mean the world to us. Um, st- stories that have been shared of like similar experiences. Um, that is also very helpful to know that you're not alone. We are going to keep fighting this. We are planning on still cont- contesting or doing something, maybe even with the media, because, um, so much of this is so wrong. And for all those parents out there that are fighting for their kids' mental health, that are having to do what we've had to do, it is a nightmare and it should not happen. And so once our 45-day supervision parenting trial is done, 
uh, I'm planning on fighting yeah. because it's it's so wrong and it's so wrong what's happened to Linnea. It's so wrong what's happening to Julia. It's so wrong what we're having to do to get our kids help. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's that. So send your prayers. But we are we're doing good. Like we're yeah we're legoing. We're legoing. Yeah. We'll Spark talk up. about that on the next episode. Okay, and not on this one? Yeah, not okay. on this one. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, that's so exciting. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Yeah. And we'll update you again very soon, we promise. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.